Good morning, gorgeous. How are you ladies doing this morning? I hope you're all doing fabulous. This is your host, Dr. Michelle Daff, and you are listening to a Feminine Impression Podcast. And in today's episode, we are discussing the book, The Esther Anointing, written by Michelle McLean Walters. And we are discussing chapter seven, which talks about walking in boldness and courage. And this is a very important chapter for every single woman who is trying to discover their purpose. This is a live recording that was played out on my YouTube channel, so you will be hearing the live audio from the segment. Go ahead and sit back, relax, grab something to drink, get something to write with, and let's talk about this. Hey ladies, good evening, welcome. Today we're talking about Boldness and Courage, you're reading chapter seven. So this is gonna be a really great chapter for anyone who is looking for their purpose, is trying to figure out why they're here, what God has called them to, and taking the steps to walk in that boldness and make something out of their lives. So I'm excited, this is such an encouraging and inspirational chapter, and I hope that you ladies were able to read it. For those of you who've ever struggled with fear or with not having courage and whatever it is that you're doing in life, this chapter is so powerful for empowering you to do that. So we're going to go ahead and get right into things. And remember, we are talking about Queen Esther, who was known as Hadassah, who went to the palace to pretty much audition to be queen. She was able to be queen, but then she had something very heavy on her life where everything that had happened in her life kind of just built up to this moment where she had to be bold and courageous and take on something for her people, which is to approach the king without being summoned and ask for the lives of the Jewish people to be saved. So it took a lot for her to be able to step out of her comfort zone and risk her life, risk dying, to be able to have purpose for her life and save all of her people. So that's what we're kind of talking around and how she even got to be able to do that and how you can do that in your life. So I'm gonna start by reading on page 89. In facing any desperate situation, there is a need for courage. How could we, as modern-day women, imagine the fear and insecurity that would plague Queen Esther, who was chosen solely on the basis of her beauty and appeal to the king? Esther had a search within herself to embrace courage and boldness against unbelievable odds with relentless determination to persevere. She didn't have the Bible or a pastor. She could seek for counsel. She was no princess with the clout of her father's kingdom to enhance her position in the court. When she was not summoned for 30 days, she did not know if the king had found someone more pleasing or if she was merely losing her influence. She had the struggle that we all have in this pagan society that is adverse to the kingdom of God. How do we boldly, wisely, and faithfully respond to difficult circumstances that come our way and over which we sometimes have little to no control. So that is a big question to ask yourself. How do we 
overcome our fears whenever we're going through something. And I really want you to think about this because fear is something that plagues us as people and it really does paralyze us. I don't know and I hope that you've never been in a situation that was so scary for you that you actually felt like you were paralyzed, like you could not move because you were so overtaken with fear. I know that's happened to me once and it was so frightening because my first reaction wasn't to seek God. It was just to figure out what was going to happen to me in that situation on my own. And there can be big fears, small fears. They come in all (laughs) shapes and sizes. So it's not like one fear is greater than another. But when you're in a situation, what do you do? So we have things like, say, fear of change. Some of us just fear anything changing in our lives. And it's very hard for us to adapt. Let's say you're at work and they tell you that we're going to be switching over to a new system for our computers. You will see some people will have a meltdown. They will be so distraught because they're worried about not being able to use a new system and having to learn something and feeling like they can't keep up with technology. Or it could be maybe deciding to lean into your femininity, right? That's a huge change. It's a huge shift where you're going from being a woman who maybe used to hide behind her clothes, hide behind her hairstyles, hide behind other people. And now you're deciding that you are stepping into the woman that God has created you to be. And you're loving being a woman, being girly. And you're not saying, oh, this is too girly for me. You're just accepting whatever it is as this is for you. And maybe the thought of getting rid of certain things in your life brings you fear because you don't know how people are going to accept you now that you're sweet and you're kind and you don't care if people think that that's fake. Like you decided this is the woman that I'm going to be. So maybe that change scares you or some people fear certain situations in life. So maybe it's an emergency. This one's kind of like an obvious fear. A lot of times people think, well, it's okay to be scared when you're in a scary situation. But to be honest, if you build yourself up beforehand for scary situations, you will not be nearly as scared or you may not be scared at all. So for example, let's say you're, God forbid, you're driving and your car breaks down. For some people, that will take them into full-on panic mode. They won't be able to think. They won't be able to concentrate and figure out what to do. They're just going to be crying and just scared. Like, oh my gosh, my car just broke down. I don't have any money to get it fixed. What's going to happen if I come into work late? I don't have insurance. What if the police come and tell me, oh my gosh, you don't have insurance. I'm going to get arrested. I mean, all these things from your car breaking down will come up and their first thought will not be to seek God in that moment. It's to figure out how to solve the problem. Or maybe you're at work and you get a call that your child is sick and immediately your heart sinks and you start getting scared and thinking, oh my gosh, what's going to happen to my child? What happened to them? Are they going to be okay? Can I make it to the hospital? What if they don't make it? I mean, all these fears start coming to mind. And it's so hard for us to even shift our attention over to God. Some people fear the future and just thinking about the future scares them. So maybe you fear just getting older 
and not being as attractive and thinking that because you're old now, maybe your husband's not going to like you anymore, or maybe your body is not going to be as good. So you're not going to get attention from people, or you're not going to be the most beautiful woman in your women's circle or at your church or whatever it is. You're afraid someone else is going to outshine you. Or some people have a fear of never finding a partner. They fear that they're going to be alone forever and they're never going to have children or just never have companionships and friendship. They just can't see it happening. And when it does present itself, they're too afraid to even step into that. So we have fears that are just, I mean, there's so many different kinds of fears, but for most of us, when we think about it, that's what's running our life, that we are scared to take that next step and we don't really have a lot of direction. So I want you to think about that in your own life. What circumstances normally scare you? What circumstances normally make you think or make you not think, make you just shut down mentally and make you afraid of taking the next step or afraid of even thinking about it because that is important to know ahead of time so you can start rationalizing that fear and understanding what you can do. Fear only becomes a problem when you're ignorant, when you don't know what the truth is. And the truth is God's word. The truth are the statements that are written in the Bible. The words that are written there for you. Okay, the Bible is the only book that when you read the words, people get healed. Okay, you see changes in your life. You you actually change supernaturally. There is no other book. There are no other words you can ever read that are going to actually change you in a supernatural way. So that is where the truth lies. And once you know what God says about you, what God says about what he will do, what God says about your life, there will be no fear in your life. Fear is from the enemy. That is from the devil. God told you he has not given you a spirit of fear. So when you feel that, it's not from him. And you don't want anything that's not from God. You don't want it. So I'm going to read chapter 7, page 90, in terms of what the author says, kind of going a little bit deeper into fear. But I do want you to think about what scares you. And if you want, you can leave a comment below and talk about the things that really do bring you fear when you think about them. This inner struggle with fear of death is something very great leaders face. I don't mean death in the physical sense, but death to our reputation, death to the pride of life, death to the opinions of men, and even death to success. We must step out of our comfort zones, let go of the events and the misfortunes that try to haunt and hinder our success, we must step out of the boat of fear and timidity and walk on the water with courage and boldness. Okay, so that's really important. It's important for you to know that a lot of times when we want to do something for our lives that we know we're called to do, it's that fear of dying in a relational way where people, their opinions, society, all of the things that everyone else thinks gets in the way of you deciding to step out on whatever it is that you know you want to do. And this is what stops the majority of people. Every single one of you has something that God has put into your heart, something that he has called you to do before you were born. And it tugs at you your whole life. You know, oh, I wish I didn't have to do this job. I know I should be doing this. Or maybe you like your job. Maybe it has nothing to do with your job. But there's something else that when you see someone else doing it, you're like, man, I know that I should be doing that. 
And I hear this from so many people. There are very few people I know that are actually doing what they're being called to do. Most people, at some point or another, it'll come up in conversation that they know they should have been a cheerleader in college, or they should have been a police officer or whatever. Like there's always that one thing that they just know that they should have been or that they should have done. And they talk about it and talk about it and talk about it. Most of the time they're talking about it when they see someone else doing it, right? And they think that should be me. I should have been a model. I know I could have been a model, you know, and sometimes some people try to pursue things when the time has already passed. But that's why you seek God, because maybe that opportunity has passed, but there are other opportunities within that same field that is for you, because sometimes it may not be what you think it is, but it's in that ballpark. And so if you start going in that direction and talking to God about it, he will tell you exactly what it is, and it's not too late. So you just have to remember that before you were born, this is just, this is to me the most important thing. Ever. The most important thing in the world is for you to understand this concept. And it's written in Ephesians, okay, chapter one, verse three. It is written, and I'm going to read it to you. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. For he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. In love, he predestined us for adoption to sonship through Jesus Christ in accordance with his pleasure and will to the praise of his glorious grace, which he has freely given us in the one he loves. This is so important to know. And there are so many scriptures on God predestining us and forming us before we were even born and preparing us for the things that he has called us to do. Every single one of you ladies, every single person, I don't care how intelligent you are, how beautiful you are, where you were born, if you live in the village in the middle of nowhere, it doesn't matter where you live, what you look like, who your parents are, how much money you have, you were created for a reason. God loves you so much and he created a plan for your life. You have an itinerary. You have things to do, things that he has called you to do. And for most of you, it's usually probably only one thing. And we're so scattered as people thinking, okay, a little bit of this and a little bit of this and a little bit of this. And it's usually just one major thing, but there is something that he needs you to do. And you were made for it. Everything about you was perfect for that thing. And we have to reshift our focus and zone in on that thing. And I know for a lot of people, we think, I mean, we have so many reasons and excuses and all of that. But for a lot of people, we think, well, if we do that, then we won't be able to maybe take care of ourselves financially. I know for sure that's a big, big question that pops up. Well, how am I going to make any money if, you know, I start all of a sudden deciding to go to cooking school and become this chef? right? Because I'm so great at making meals. Well, maybe you can keep your job and bake and cook for people locally or just donate your food or do different things with your meals, maybe on the internet. And then slowly those doors will open. The Lord is committed to his plans for you. That should be the most reassuring thing to ever know is that God is committed to making sure you get to your destination. It's not something you really have to work out. 
All you have to do is say yes, be committed, be firm, don't waver, okay, say yes, and confidently make steps towards whatever that is, and he's going to be the one to make the way for you. You don't have to worry about that because he designed you for that thing, okay? So I just really need you to understand that because it's so important. A lot of us literally just waste our lives going to work every day, coming home, watching TV, cooking, talking on the phone, going online. It's like the same thing every single day, you know? And it's like, that is, that's great on a day to day, but truly, what is that led to in your life? Even if you have a great degree, even if you're a surgeon, Okay, that doesn't necessarily mean that you're walking in your purpose. You have to seek God to know what he wanted you to do because you could be a surgeon and hate your job and think, well, I have done something. I went to medical school. I'm a grade A surgeon, right? It's like, well, that's that's nice, but that doesn't mean it's the right thing. It's not the thing that you were destined for, but it's the thing that you decided to do and you will never be happy. You will never be happy because that's not what you were programmed for. It's like getting a mop to wipe your car, to like wash your car. Like you can wash your car with a mop. It'll take forever. The pull on the mop is gonna be so hard for you to maneuver. It's gonna be so difficult, but you can do it, right? And that's the thing, like you can do everything that you wanna do, but you may not enjoy it. It may be very difficult. It may be just grueling for you. You will know like this is not the best way to do this. Like there is something better and bigger There just has to be. And whatever that is, it's hidden in your heart and seeking God is the only way you're going to find it. So you have to think about what scares you in terms of other people. A lot of times it's people's words and people's opinions about things that keep us from moving forward. So you have to think about what are you afraid of in terms of other people? Are you afraid that people are going to say that you're not good at something, that you're not the right weight, the right race? Uh, you don't have the right connections for something. What is it that you are afraid of? Because when you are walking in your purpose and you're walking in God's design, you're going to get a little bit of that fear that's going to kind of pop up because you're human and you care about what people think to some degree. But is what people think going to outweigh what God wants you to do? I know that when I started talking about femininity on my channel, it was a major shift because I used to do videos on like wigs, natural hair, makeup. I did videos on all kinds of stuff, minimalism, all kinds of stuff. And I enjoyed it. (laughs) And I had people who enjoyed it who watched it. So me making a shift and doing something like femininity content came after me realizing that light bulb went off on what God wanted me to do. And I've told you before, but maybe if you haven't heard, I started off my channel doing those kind of videos about maybe seven or 10 years ago. And I got a lot of pushback from people on the stuff I was saying. I wasn't mature enough to deal with the feedback. I wasn't saying things in a very kind way. I wasn't being very nice about how I was saying things, even though I I really genuinely wanted to help people. I was still saying it like you should already know this, right? So I didn't have the right attitude about it. But when I wanted to incorporate God, when I really understood the only way to really 
become this woman, this feminine woman, especially in this world today that just pushes against that, was to seek God and for God to change you and for God to help you not be so irritable, snap so quickly, not want to control all situations in your life and situations with your partner, learning how to have a more humble and quiet and gentle spirit. A lot of these things, aside from the clothes and the style, that takes some serious inner work that needs supernatural power behind it. So I knew in order to really help people, I needed to talk about God. I never had a problem talking about God. I talked about God on my vlog channel, but never on my main channel. Not not too much, at least. And I thought, okay, well, I know not everyone is going to want to hear this. So initially, I was a little bit nervous about it the very beginning, but I did it anyway. I did it anyway. And even before I was born again, I did it. When I was born again, that's when God gave me that real power to talk about him on my channel with boldness. And I got so many messages from women saying that they're just so incredibly proud and they don't know how I'm just so bold in talking about God. And they wanted to do it too. For some people, it inspired them. They were kind of doing it and kind of sliding things in here and there, but they were always too nervous. But seeing my content made them think, well, okay, well, if she can do it, why am I not doing it? And it's something that bothers me a lot because I hear so many people talking about God and talking about being a Christ follower or when they need God, talking about God or posting something every now and then about God, but they never boldly will talk about God. And I... I think it's sad. I think it's sad that so many people are ashamed of God in the world, maybe in your home and with your friends, maybe you're comfortable acknowledging that you're God's daughter, but in the world, you're afraid to say, even say God, right? You're afraid to even bless your food in public. You're afraid because you're wondering what other people think about the fact that you believe in God. And that to me is very sad. And I wonder how God feels about that, right? So we have to get ourselves out of that. And in terms of fear, another thing that impacted me in terms of thinking about my content was me doing this, these videos and incorporating God and having so many women being healed through the power of the Holy Spirit in my videos. I also knew that I was putting myself in the forefront of the enemy's attacks. I told you I've done videos on my other channel called March in the Faith where I would do faith-based vlogs in the month of March. And every year in the month of March, I would have the most problems in my life, right? And I knew obviously there was a connection because the enemy was just on full force because of what I was doing. And I'm like, do I really want these problems? And so that fear also made me take a step back to say me dedicating my life to this and dedicating yeah, putting my life on the forefront for this is me risking my safety in a sense because the enemy is going to always be bothering me <laughs> because of the kind of content I'm creating. Do I really want to do that? Like, I mean, I I got my man, I got my life. What, why do I need to put myself out there to help other people? And that thought did come through my mind a couple of times. And it wasn't until, again, I was born again and I understood that the devil has no authority over my life. And I, I found out the truth. By reading my Bible, I was able to be empowered to know, okay, so I'm scared of the devil because I don't know anything about him. I don't know anything about God. That's why I'm scared. That's why he was able to attack me so much because I had no 
spiritual power in the past. So this month, I haven't had any of those experiences and I'm so thankful to God. I feel nothing but God's protection and love. And it's a real thing to be afraid of things that you just don't want to have to deal with. But understanding that when you're in God's purpose for your life, he will work out all of those things because he needs his purpose to prevail. All the little things you're afraid of are things that you are putting on yourself, but they're God's problem. He will deal with it. And when you learn the Bible about how God's, how God deals with the enemies of the people that are walking righteously and that are doing his will, it is something serious. You don't even want to ever even speak anything negatively about someone who's doing something for God because his right arm is no joke. And you get to see how hard he will fight for you. And that is so comforting and reassuring. You have nothing to ever be afraid of. You will always be protected. So I'm going to read what she says about something else that stops women from pursuing their purpose, which is timing. So she says in the book on page 90, I would like to say that timing is always the excuse of the enemy. The excuse that the enemy will use to stop women from fulfilling the call of God on our lives. We argue that we have to raise the children. Some of us say, I will follow the call of God when my kids are grown and off to college. I have to support my husband, take care of my mother, and the list goes on and on. While all of these are important tasks, okay, they are important, we must not let them become an obstacle to boldly and courageously obeying the call of God on our lives. God has perfect timing for everything he does. Creation was established upon the perfect timing of the omniscient creator. He holds our times in his hands. That is something, of course, that comes up. It's like, oh, well, and I hear this all the time. When I encourage people in real life, like at my job or on the street, I always tell them, like, why don't you just do it? Someone says, oh, well, you know, sometimes I knit these things over the weekend and they're these like beautiful blankets. And I'm like, but why don't you start a business doing it? Just sell it on Etsy. Or they're like, oh, maybe when my kids go to college (laughs) or maybe when uh, this year ends or let's say it's fitness. A lot of times when it comes to fitness, oh, well, I'll start right after I finish these exams, right after I take this huge test, right after I finish from college. It's like there's always this deadline that just keeps getting pushed back and pushed back and pushed back. And it stops you from ever getting anywhere. There's never a right time for anything. That's just the bottom line. We know just from the situation with COVID that you don't have control over your life the way you think you do. You don't know what's going to happen. You don't know when you will start something and everything will just shut down because you weren't obedient. Imagine if you just decided to open up a hair salon right before the pandemic and then boom, the pandemic happened and your your salon got shut down. You went out of business because it was the wrong time. You waited so long. And when you finally said yes, the timing was bad. You don't know what's going to happen in life. All you can do is try to prepare and seek God so you know when to do things and what to do. And in addition to that, you don't have time. We think we have so much time. Like we're always planning. Okay, well, when I'm 35, I'm going to do this. And when I'm 22, I'm going to do this. You don't know how long you have here. That's the bottom line. You have to take advantage of every single day you have. And if you're not sure how to get going, you just pray and you ask the Lord to number your days and order your steps and get you moving. It's 
it's important to know that if you don't do something, someone else will. And I see it so often where I see people coming across someone who does something that they wanted to do and they get upset. Like, oh, I thought of that first. I was thinking about that five years ago. And it's like, well, you didn't do anything about it. Someone else saw it and they jumped on it and they went for it and they took that leap of faith, but you didn't. And now you're upset and you're still taking in air, eating up food, living life, and nothing is happening here. And when you're young, that's, there's just no excuse. I was reading the book of Ecclesiastes and it reminded me about how everything just kind of comes and goes. And I believe I was reading chapter two and it was just talking about how King Solomon was talking about how we as people, like we live on this earth and then we just die. Okay. Just like animals. The only thing that really stays is nature. The sun is the same sun that's been here since Genesis. <laughs> okay, the sun has been here since Abraham, the same sun and the same moon. But how many people have lived and died and lived and died and lived? It's just a cycle. Nothing really stays here unless you are actually doing something that actually is long lasting. So you have to remember that when you're here, the things you're doing should be long lasting. Just going to work every day and, and paying your bills is not long lasting. There should be things that you're doing for humanity, for other people, finding cures to diseases, changing policies in government, empowering other people to be able to do those things, doing things for your family, for your generation to generation to come. It's important that you remember how serious family is, not just for yourself, but for your future generations. Whatever you're doing right now, your grandchildren, your great-grandchildren should be able to benefit from. They should be able to be in a better position than you are today because you have made a pathway for them. If you haven't done that, then that is disappointing because then it's like we're just existing and nothing is actually progressing in this family line. I saw a really great collaboration from one of the ladies I follow on Instagram. I absolutely love her Instagram page. She's also a blogger. Her name is Megan Pickney, and I believe her Instagram is called Shades of Pink. And she is super, super feminine, super sweet, super beautiful. Like, I felt like if I met her, we would be best friends. But she put out a line with a brand this week, and it was so nice. She created a collection of dresses and different like swimsuits and cute little feminine outfits. And she named each piece after her great grandmother and her great grandmother's sisters. So they have these cute little names, but it just reminded me of how this legacy just never dies. Like her doing that kind of put a stamp on her family's legacy to continue and continue. If people are wearing that dress with her great grandmother's name on it. And it just goes to show how people always reach back and think about their great grandparents, their grandmother. People love talking about things that they found. Oh, I discovered that my grandmother loved jewelry and everything that she had was turquoise. And then they start wearing turquoise and liking turquoise because they have some family connection to turquoise when they couldn't have cared less about turquoise. We always stick on to our history. So there needs to be some history there for someone else down the line to even pick up and run with it if you finish out whatever your destiny is. Okay, God always has a plan. And a lot of times they are built into families. So remember that it's not your life is not just about you. It's about everyone who comes after you. She says in the book, faced with a desperate challenge to survival, Esther pondered Mordecai's question. 
Who knows whether you have come to the kingdom for such a time as this? I believe Mordecai was alluding to the call of God on Esther's life. Mordecai points out that all of the previous circumstances of Esther's life that led her to the Persian throne may have been just for the moment that she could intercede for her people. I believe his words challenged and reminded Esther that a place of privilege can never exempt a person from responsibility to respond to God's call. Okay. Do you feel that there is something calling you to a rewarding and fulfilling life? We are all called by God to accomplish his purpose on this earth. So many of us miss out on the call of God for our lives because we are not awake. Okay, a lot of us need to wake up, wake up, wake up, okay, and become aware of the simple ways God wants to involve us in his plan. Like Esther, we must assume the dignity and power of our royal positions and boldly and courageously claim our true identities, our true identities, okay, as women called of God. Women are being empowered to bring healing and deliverance to society. There is a deficit of bold Christian women among the ranks of leaders in this land. We must embrace the call of God to be his change agents in this earth. So I want you to tell me, what has God placed on your heart recently? Especially if you're someone who's been on my channel for a while, if you've been watching my videos, I've always incorporated the idea of you finding your purpose and finding what God has asked you to do and just being the woman God has created you to be. Ultimately, my channel is hopefully just to empower every single woman on this earth to be able to tap into who she really is so she can finally take flight and do whatever it is that she was asked to do and heal from all of the emotional wounds and all of the mental agonies and to be able to build yourself up spiritually, but also know your rights as a woman, as a woman of God, know what you have been called to do and then do it. So I want to know, even if you haven't been watching me for a long time, what has God been pressing on your heart? Like when I'm talking about these things, is there something coming to mind for you? What is that? In the book, she says that there is a set time for a move of God in every generation and within his church. There are some things that are the express will of God and they will not change or move because they are in alignment with God's purpose. God has given a clarion call for women to rise up and proclaim his word throughout the land. God is awakening an army of women to his eternal purposes in the earth. He is equipping them with a spirit of boldness to face cultural threats against women worldwide. We will not keep silent. We will speak out against injustice and oppression. We must respond appropriately to the call of God. There is an established timing for the process of God's call assignment, dream, or purpose in your life to be discovered, walked, and fulfilled. I want to proclaim to you, woman of God, this is your set time right now. There are several things that we must learn about the call of God. The call of God for your life began in the heart of God. Jeremiah 1.5 says, I knew you before I formed you in your mother's womb. Before you were born, I set you apart and appointed you. The call of God is eternal. We are called to glorify God with our lives. Our calling is God's idea, and it is his purpose for our lives. The call of God for our lives originated in eternity, and it proceeded from his heart 
not from our own wills, our imaginations, or from anyone else's will or imagination. There is a process to discovering the call of God on your life. Now that you are awakened to the call, you must be prepared by the Holy Spirit. This involves personal interaction with the Spirit of God and an understanding of what God is speaking to you. Okay, this is absolutely necessary for you to understand that you have to have a relationship with God to be able to know what he wants you to do. It's not going to be about what your mom and dad tell you you're supposed to do. Yes, they are your guides and they always will try to shape you and move you to be able to collect experiences, good or bad, that will inevitably help you. But they don't know. No one knows. Only God knows. And that's the only way you can find out is by seeking God. Okay, so I want you to think about what concerns you today in terms of the life of women. What do you think that if you could change, you would change to help women? And it could be anything, maybe something you went through that you felt like it wasn't fair for you to go through as a woman or something that you see now and you're worried about women. I know a lot of things um, come up about like women twerking, right? This is a huge thing. I've, I see it all the time where women who are a little bit older, and when I say older, I mean like 30s and 40s, are seeing these young women being swept away by rappers, by female, female rappers, okay, that are empowering women, quote unquote, empowering them to show more of their body, to dance in a way that's very provocative, to be more aggressive sexually. And it's very disturbing. It's very disturbing. And it's more disturbing that... <laughs> Women look at these women and idealize them and follow them when you look at their own life and it's falling apart. It's like for them, it truly is entertainment because it's their job. But who is behind their job? What spirit is behind their job? What is their job trying to do to our girls? What happens to a girl who listens to those lyrics in real life? not dancing to it? What happens when they take on those words and put it into their life? That is a concern. All of those things are a concern, but that's something that I hear coming up a lot is just wanting to protect our young girls from these bad influences in major like mainstream society and music. But what do you wish you could change? I hear a lot of conversations around child sex trafficking and a lot of conversations around just young girls that are being exploited and being tricked into doing things and being led into things by people that seem very caring. All of it is important and we all have different passions and things that really concern us for women and for little girls. And it's time that we just stop shaking our head in our house, making a video about it that maybe only two people are gonna see and doing something about it. There's not, it's not everyone that needs to make a video. Some people need to write. They need to write to Congress. They need to write a book. They need to write a scholarly article. Some people need to physically go places and make changes. Some people need to just talk to their husbands because they have a husband who is a senator or a husband who is a chief police officer. Some women need to just be bold enough to talk to their own husbands. And be honest and say, what you did to that guy wasn't right. I know you did it because he's black and that's not okay. I don't like that. You know, these things are things that can happen in your own household. Some of you have power right at home that would do more than a whole march would do, but you're not doing it. You're too afraid. 
And it's important that you step out of that and make those changes because that's why you were called. And you don't know, maybe you married that particular man so that you could influence him to be a better man so he could change the entire system, the entire company, right? So we all have different things that we need to think about as women. Obviously, you know, for me, <laughs> it's femininity. And you know that I care a lot about women just being able to know their power as women, to be able to understand men, understand how to relate to men, to hopefully be very happy in your marriage because you know what he needs, what you need. And more importantly, <laughs> you understand that you being a feminine woman and being a woman who knows how to submit is you obeying God, not worrying about how society sees you, how people talk about you, what the world thinks about it doesn't really matter because you are under the covenant, which is under God. And if you cared more about pleasing God rather than pleasing anyone, really, then everything would go differently for you. And that's something that I hope to be able to share and promote. But I want women to love themselves again and know what that really means. And that's why my call specifically was to femininity and to marriage and to helping women with relationships and being able to thrive in that. But everyone has whatever it is that is a calling on your life and God will make it clear. It may not be popular. It may be difficult for people to mentally accept what it is that you are saying, but with God, it will happen. This episode is brought to you by BetterHelp. BetterHelp is a virtual counseling service where you can schedule phone or video sessions. It is more affordable than traditional offline counseling and financial aid is available. It is a worldwide service and can help you in areas such as depression, anxiety, anger, trauma, and other concerns. Everything that you share is confidential, professional, and affordable. You can check out their testimonials on their website daily. And note, this is not a crisis hotline. I want you to live a life where you're full of happiness and hope today. As a listener, you'll get 10% off of your first month by visiting our sponsor, betterhelp.com feminine. Join over 1 million people who have taken charge of their mental health. Again, that's better H E L P dot com slash feminine. I love that she has this whole like process in her book about God's call for those of you who really don't know how to get there. Like you have an idea, but you're like, okay, what's the next step? How do I talk to God about this? What do I do now? I'm really fired up. Like I know this is what it is and I want to get there, but I don't know where to start. So she has different um, steps basically that she wrote down in the book that can help you get there. And I'm not going to read all of them because it's just going to take forever, <laughs> but I am going to just read like the first little bit of each step and she lays out four different steps in terms of the process of God's call. So the first step is the ignorant stage. In this initial stage of development, God gives you a calling, an assignment, a dream, or a promise, and you have no understanding of what it is and how it's supposed to function. You are wondering why God chose you 
to fulfill this calling. And you're looking around at the ability of other people, wondering why God did not call them instead of you. Everyone else seems to be better qualified and better equipped. Okay, that's, that's, and there's more to this. I'm just reading like the very first bit because I really do want you to read the book, to purchase the book, to support the author, to read all of the content and digest it and reread it and reread it for yourself. But I'm just kind of like bullet pointing what she says. So the ignorance stage is big because that's like where all the doubt comes in and you're really wrestling with God trying to figure out why me? And I will tell you just my own kind of commentary is that I believe God loves it when you just take what he tells you to do when you do it without asking a million questions, asking him to give you a ton of signs. Okay, well, if you want me to do it, then do this, and then I'm going to believe you. And then that's not enough. You're like, well, was that really in my head or was that really God? Hmm. Well, if you really want me to do it, then let this happen. And you're like asking for all these things. Like when he's, when God was dealing with Moses, you know, he had to turn the staff into a snake and he had to do all these little signs for Moses to, to actually get into position. And he had all this pushback. Well, why me? I can't talk and I can't do this. And I'm not good at that. They're not going to listen to me. And what if they say that they won't do it? And a lot of times God just wants you to just say, okay, and do it. And I know that in the Bible, that's what I loved about Joshua in the Bible is that when God gave Joshua directions in terms of Jericho and the wall coming down and he told Joshua what to do, when to march, how, how many times to march, when to start, when to stop, Joshua was like, okay. And he did it. You know, he went right to it and God blessed him so much. And that's the attitude God wants us to have instead of being so doubtful and asking so many questions and just delaying the process. Say okay and get going. And you can ask, you know, questions along the way. The second uh, stage is the full depth stage. In this stage, you desire to discover the full depth of your calling, assignment, or dream. In order to know your calling, you must first know the one who did the calling. Okay, and one thing that she points out is, what is required of me to change this position of stagnation and neutrality? A lot of times we can figure out, okay, I know what it is, but how am I going to get there? Like, what do I need to do on a realistic level to make this happen for myself? So just sort of like a example, let's say you decided that you want to now take on your God-given nature of being a feminine woman. You might think, okay, that sounds great. I'm ready. Now, what do I do? And it's like, okay, you need to, why don't you go through your closet? Start small. Go through your closet. Look at your clothes. Do you love yourself in it? Or not. If you don't love it, get rid of it. If you wouldn't buy it a second time, get rid of it. Throw in some colors that are beautiful and bright. Put on some accessories. Start watching videos and figuring out what style you like. And you have to actually kind of get into things, right? And say, okay, I'm going to dedicate one hour every day to going through my closet. Every single day, one hour. That's getting going. So for me, you know, I work a full-time job as a psychologist. When God put this calling on my life, it was so stressful to me because I'm like, I don't have the time. I don't have time for this. I don't have time for this. I already have a job. And this is supposed to be a hobby. YouTube is supposed to be a hobby. It's not supposed to be something that I need to be <laughs> planning for and thinking. It's like, where am I going to find this time? I'm so busy. And it bothered me for a long time. I mean, I would just stress over it because I just was upset that I how to have two jobs, basically, right? And so um, God said, well, then you need to find time for this because you have time. 
you need to, you need to find time. And I did find time. I have to wake up really early. Now, that is the only time I get. If I do not wake up early, then my work will not get done. So if I did not wake up early today, I would not have been able to plan to be able to come live today and talk to you about this. It's like, it just happens. If I don't do it, then I won't have this. It, it is what it is. And I had to say, okay, every day I'm gonna wake up at this time. And for these three hours, from this hour to this hour, I'm answering emails. From this hour to this hour, I'm making posts. And make it strategic and make a plan. And there are short-term plans, long-term plans. You can say, okay, by the end of the year or by the end of the summer, I wanna have this many products launched in my business. Or if you're trying to start maybe losing weight, okay, in this week, I'm going to start substituting all of my soda, all of my Pepsi for water, okay? I'm just going to start small. And next week, I'm going to take out one carb and eat lettuce instead of that. That's all I'm going to do just slowly. But you're making an actual plan on how you're going to get there. And for me personally, planning is always very difficult because of my personality. I like to just go with the flow. I can make plans and making plans. I don't like being tied down in any way. I just like to be very free. And the Lord had to really convict me on this. Joshua had to really kind of come down hard on me on this because he realized that I wasn't, I was frustrated because I wasn't meeting my own goals because I didn't plan well. And it's because, you know, he's like, it doesn't matter if you don't like it. It's not about what you like. This is the only way to get what you want. And so I had to, God, the Lord really convicted me on that. So for me personally, planning was difficult, is difficult for me. I'm still working on that because I just like every day to be a new day. And I like to do things when I feel like it. And I'm always thinking about new things to do. So it's even hard for me to finish something like finish. I'm still finishing up feminine rehab. Like as soon as I start something, I'm like, that was nice. <laughs> Let me start something else now. And the Lord is going to be frustrated with that because you're not reliable. You need to be able to have a plan and then stick to it. So the Holy Spirit will help you with everything though, I promise. The third thing that she says is the comprehension stage. In this stage, you come to know and understand some of the depths, requirements, and specific calls on your life. The initial fear and anxiety has now calmed down and you have become confident in accepting the call of God. So that's the comprehension stage. You're now confident in accepting the call of God. For I know whom I have believed and am persuaded. Okay, that's 2 Timothy. So she talks about that. And then the fourth stage is the fulfillment stage. In this stage, you are living with the assurance that the instructions assigned to you in the call of God have been fulfilled or carved out to their fullest expression. This assurance produces a desire for a reward. You realize that there is a reward for those who complete God's assignment according to his blueprint for their lives. And she goes into the fulfillment stage and breaks down what that looks like. And the most important thing in this chapter, well, not the most important, but one of the most important things is when she talks about boldness and she talks about the importance of having the Holy Spirit and spending time in prayer and fasting so that you can develop that boldness. Because again, fear is going to creep up on you. Whatever it is that you want to do, your parents or people are going to tell you it's stupid. They're going to be like, hmm, and how are you going to make any money? You know, they're, they're going to say whatever it is that their minds are reduced to because of the programming this world has put us through. And because of that, 
you have to ignore it. If you are on your own spiritual journey with God, he's going to be giving you so much, pouring so much into you, and other people can steal that from you if you let them. It's not to say you shouldn't care about their opinion, but if they're saying things that go against what you know, which is what God told you, it doesn't matter, okay? It doesn't matter. In terms of getting boldness, she says that you will not get this anointing in terms of being bold without praying. And I, I like how she just straight up just wrote it as a sentence. Like that is all you need to know. You will not get this anointing without praying. There's just no way around it. Okay. You can plan all you want. You can read all the motivational books you want, listen to all the quotes that people post on Instagram, and nothing will change if you do not get anointed by God himself to be able to be bold and courageous because it's something that is going to push you through the entire process. There are certain things that are so intense that without the anointing of God, you won't be able to make it through. It's just too much pushback, depending on what it is that you're personally striving for. Okay. And for everyone, it's so different, but sometimes you're going against some pretty, some pretty big devils or some pretty big policies, or maybe there's something you don't agree with. Maybe at your school, they're making a gender neutral bathroom when you're like, absolutely not. I don't, I don't agree with this. And maybe you want to go to your school board and say something to defend your case as to why that is inappropriate. Let's say that's something that's, that God has put on your heart. You're going to go up against a lot of opposition because of the way this world is turning. Everything is becoming acceptable. Anything goes. So if you have convictions from God, convictions that you know are just not okay, and you want to go against that, you're going to need more than just some motivational quotes to get you through that process. You're going to need God's anointing on your life for that protection and for the courage to keep going, even though they're calling you names or they're saying that you're this and you're that and you're really not. You're really not. <laughs> you're just doing what is right. So she talked about in the book that a lot of us are afraid and we won't step out or take action towards the, God, the call of God because of full fear. We are afraid of losing our reputations and being rejected. When I look over the book of Revelation, do you know that the cowardly and the unbelieving are all in the lake of fire? And then she quotes from Revelation 21, 8, but the cowardly, unbelieving, abominable, murderers, sexually immoral, sorcerers, idolaters, and all liars shall have their part in the lake which burns with fire and brimstone, which is a second death. So God calls out the cowardly first. First, the cowardly, the unbelieving, abominable, murderers, sexually immoral, sorcerers, idolaters, and all liars shall have their part in the lake which burns with fire and brimstone, which is a second death. God does not like cowards because he understands that he has given you a book with everything in it that tells you why you don't need to be afraid. And he needs that opportunity to exercise his power and to show you that he is God. When you read the Bible, there are so many times, especially like right now I'm reading the book of Ezekiel, and God is giving Ezekiel, the prophet, all of these things that he's going to do and how he's going to destroy all these different nations, right? And at the end of those proclamations that he's telling Ezekiel to say, he says, and then they will know that I am Yahweh. And then they will know that I am God. A lot of times God has to do these things 
these these big things for us to be able to say, okay, well, we, we know that's God. We know that's God. Okay, how many times did you hear that with COVID? Oh, we know this is God because look at all these things. And it's like, why do things have to be that extreme for you to finally pay it forward, for you to take a knee? He already said, every knee shall bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. You bow now or you bow later, but it's better to bow now. Well, <laughs> you can get all the great things rather than, you know, being forced to deal with something that is ultimately death. And she says, woman of God, that is not God's ordained future for you. He doesn't want that for you. The word says the righteous are bold as a lion. There is a roar that is going to come out of Zion and it's going to come from the great company of women who will boldly bring the good news to the earth through their gifts, talents, and creativity. As mentioned before, boldness is a divine enablement that comes upon ordinary and unprofessional people causing them to exhibit spiritual power and authority. A supernatural boldness causes you to confront the things that came across Jesus and his name. If we were all honest here, we would admit that we are scared most of the time. That's okay. We can admit to the Lord that we are scared. We can ask him for boldness just to open up our mouths and he will do the rest. It is by his spirit that the hearts of people are influenced. He is the one who convicts man of sin. All we need to do is have the courage and boldness to open our mouths. And so it's not about being scared. That is fine. The cowardly is that when you're so scared that you're like, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to say it. I'm not going to go. That's when it becomes a real problem. So I want you to think about what is it that you are so afraid of? What are you afraid of? Just know that you don't have to be afraid whether you don't think you speak well enough, you don't think you're pretty enough, you're not educated, maybe you had a past that you don't want people to find out about and you're afraid that that's going to mess up things, maybe you haven't forgiven yourself for something that you now want to speak up on, maybe you had a situation where you told people you were raped by a certain person and this person has gone to jail and now you're like, oh my gosh. I should not have done that. I'm older now. I was embarrassed because I didn't want to have sex with him and I did and he dumped me, whatever the case was. But now look look what I've done to his life. And I, I want to speak out now about women and their sexual identities and their sexual choices, but I lied, right? So you can stop yourself from things that you haven't taken care of. You have to go back and make sure that that person gets their justice and allow them to be able to be freed from whatever you put them through and believe that God will be there for you when you're doing the right thing. And he will help you to be able to use everything that's happened for his glory. But sometimes it's because we've done things that we just don't want to face. And that's what's like holding us in prison from ever being able to live our lives because we are scared about maybe getting caught for things that we shouldn't have done. Okay. And it could be things that you maybe you're unfamiliar with and you're just not sure. Like you've never had to start a business and you're like, okay, I don't know anything about business. How can I start a business? Right. You're just so unfamiliar or you think that people will think that you're fake or, you know, it's like, how did you go from being this woman to that woman? You're fake. It's like, okay, well, not fake. I'm, I'm changing. I'm growing. I'm developing. I'm a new person. I'm a new creation. And at the end of the day, you don't have to answer to anyone except for God. 
And I promise you, it'll never be people who are doing anything that are going to criticize you. Rarely. Rarely. Now, there are people who are being used to criticize people always because that's just the spirit that's in their heart. And so they use their time and their platforms to criticize people. But those people are not operating in the spirit of God. Okay. And those people will be dealt with by God 100%. But the average person who's saying something negative about what you're doing is not doing anything at all. And that should tell you enough that that should be enough for you to just keep it moving. And you don't have to worry about whether or not what you're going to say is going to make an impact. I always tell you this. I'm always so blown away by how much God has helped me on my channel. I have never seen so many women healed and changed from watching a video. And I get emails every single day, messages every single day about women who watch my videos. And in the video, like while they're watching it, they feel like they are being changed and healed and helped. And it's the Holy Spirit. It's not me. <laughs> I'm just saying, okay. And just like everyone else, God is speaking through me because I'm being obedient. And that's why you're able to be healed. That's why there's power behind it it's because God is there, you know, and that to me is the most miraculous thing I've ever witnessed. I've seen people in tons of my videos while they're watching, they're commenting, saying like, oh my goodness, I didn't realize I was like this. I didn't realize I was so hard. I didn't realize I was so damaged. And it's like the Holy Spirit is convicting them as they're watching the video because that's what God does. But he needs a person to do it through. And so it's supernatural, but he's not just convicting them. He's also healing them at the same time and allowing them to be free from whatever it is that they're dealing with emotionally. And that's why you need to say yes so you can be that vessel. And you don't have to think, oh, I'm not saying the right words or I'm not doing it the right way. He's going to do it for you. Okay, so what are you afraid of? And then she quotes Jeremiah. Then said I, ah, oh, Lord God, behold, I cannot speak for I am a youth. But the Lord said to me, do not say I am a youth for you shall go to all whom I send you to. And whatever I command you, you shall speak. Do not be afraid of their faces, for I am with you to deliver you, says the Lord. Then the Lord put forth his hand and touched my mouth. And the Lord said to me, Behold, I have put my words in your mouth. See, I have this day set you over the nations and over the kingdoms to root out and to pull down, to destroy and to throw down, to build and to plant. Jeremiah 1, 6 through 10. So in Jeremiah, he says, like, I'm just a youth. And God's like, don't say I'm just a youth. Don't say that. I'm, I'm going to do it. Okay, so those excuses are not going to work. She says, when you sit in the council of God, he will equip you with resources, favor, passion, and strategy. He will not leave you alone. He will fill you with his spirit to carry out his call on your life. He has set you up and established you to route out all the powers of the enemy on your territory. Okay, and there's there's a lot more in this chapter, but that's where I'm going to stop. It's just so necessary, my dear, for you to know that you're not doing this by yourself. Whatever it is, you know, for me, it's one thing. For you, it's something else. For everyone, it's different. We all have different areas that he's placed us in, but we cannot waste our life. You have to at some point sit back and think, what have I done with my time? Even if you're 17, it doesn't matter. But if you're 45, if you're 37, what have you done with your time? Okay, what have you done? What can someone look at and say this person has accomplished in their life? 
when you die one day, when people are talking about you at your funeral, they're not going to talk about all the money you stacked up. They're going to talk about what you did. And that is something that lasts forever, especially if you're operating in God's purpose for you. You will never die. So I'm going to read the prayer that she says activates boldness and courage. So you can go ahead and just close your eyes and just take in these words, mean it for yourself, really pray it back to God, allow the Holy Spirit to be with you and rise up within you and just seek God's face in this moment. Father God, now Lord, look upon the threats of the enemy and grant me the spirit of boldness that I may preach your word with miracles, signs, and wonders. Stretch your mighty hands over my life, empower with right words at the right time. My confidence and trust is in you. Lord, give me courage to confront in love those who oppose your word. I decree that I am a fearless and bold woman of God. I will answer the call to be an instrument of change in the earth. I will respond in crisis. I will boldly proclaim the gospel. In moral crisis, I will boldly stand for truth. I will not be muzzled by the laws of the land. I will open my mouth wide and you will fill it. God, give me your heart for my assignment. Give me your perspective that I might be your mouthpiece in the earth. I will stand up against injustice. I am the righteousness of God, and I am bold like a lion. I am fearless in the face of danger. I will preach the word. I will go wherever you send me. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Right, ladies, and that is chapter 7 of the Esther Anointing by Michelle McClain Walters. Such a beautiful chapter. And I hope that it encouraged you and empowered you to be a bold, beautiful, feminine woman who is living with purpose and who is tired of being asleep. Wake up. It's time to wake up and do something with your life. I know there's so many videos here on femininity about just relaxing and doing nothing. And although Relaxing and learning how to be still and calm and gentle and humble is so important because we are missing that in society and I will always talk about that. But in my videos, I will always tell you, you need to be doing something. You need to be doing something. It is not about being lazy and just sucking up a man's money and being a prop in the house on the couch doing nothing every day. You need to be doing something. You don't have to be breaking your back at a nine to five, I'm not saying that. You can have a well-earning man who supports you so that you can do something. So you don't have to worry about paying the bills if you don't want to, and you can use your money, what, whatever you're doing, creating little designs on Etsy and making some money, whatever it is that you want to do, you will have the freedom to do that. That is a beautiful blessing. And I believe that is God's calling for men, but my channel is not for men, it's for you. And I want you to know that you do need to do something with your life. It doesn't matter if you have nothing to do because you don't work. That's not an excuse to do nothing. Okay, so I really, really, really want you to know that I do not stand for that. And that is not a quality that God smiles upon. There's a time for everything. There's a time to sit at the feet of Jesus and just listen to him and not be bustling around the kitchen trying to make food and just be there and be still. And there's a time to go out like the Proverbs 31 woman and sell your items at the gate of the city and make money. 
and take care of your husband and take care of your household. There's a time for everything, but you do need to learn how to do both. And most importantly, how to do the things God's asked you to do when he created you. When I'm doing these videos, <laughs> sometimes it's like there's so much passion, but that's because I just really want you all to be happy. I want you to be full of joy. And I know that you really won't have any joy if you're not living in your purpose. There's just nothing else that compares to that. It doesn't matter what anyone tells you. It doesn't matter what these rich people do on Instagram, these celebrities do, all the flexing that they're doing, all the lying that they're doing. You would be surprised if you knew how they really felt. The medications that they have to take every single day so that they can smile for you on Instagram. If you knew the pressures and the stressors behind that facade, you would want nothing to do with it. It is not about money. It is not about being glamorous all the time. It is about seeking God. And everything that happens when you seek God will produce genuine prosperity in life, genuine prosperity, which starts with a person who is truly happy. I'm gonna take any questions that you may have, my dear, and good night to every single one of you who has to go, because I know it's late. You just confirmed what God told me today about perfectionism. Well, I'm happy to hear that. That's fantastic. I love when I can confirm anything for you. That is wonderful. How do you find it in you to wake up early in the morning? I really struggle with it. Oh, I feel like I am the worst person to answer that question. I know God was in this room right now. It's like staring at me. He'd be looking at me like, you gonna answer that? <laughs> because I struggle. I struggle. I struggle. I, I, I struggle. Okay. I wake up around 3 a.m. So I struggle because that's really early and I sleep late. So how do I wake up? I wake up by forcing myself to wake up and saying, I need to wake up because if I don't wake up, then I cannot get my stuff done. And to be honest, it's so much worse on the days where I don't meet my goals and I'm mad at myself all day long. And because God has asked me to wake up, he has asked me to wake up. I also have a conviction when I don't wake up. He's like not happy with me until I repent. And I'm tired of like repenting over the same. I'm tired of saying I'm going to do something and not doing it. And the Holy Spirit helps me after I did do a fast about a bunch of different things, but it was a 40 day fast. And in that fast, that was one of the things just asking God to help me wake up. And the Holy Spirit does wake me up and it's been, it works. Like he wakes me up and makes sure that I do not fall back asleep. And if I ever do, oh, I regret it. I regret it. So praying about it and just asking God to help you to wake up, he will help you to wake up. I can't necessarily explain how he does it, but I, it's definitely happened in a lot of ways. He's woken me up in lots of different ways, but mostly it's been just like my alarm will go off and then I won't be able to go back to sleep. And I've also had some pretty like supernatural ways of waking up too, where I've heard my voice. I mean, I've heard someone calling me or, and yeah, it's been kind of cool. Hi, Dr. Michelle, will you bring back the March into Faith series on my... I, yeah, I, I probably will bring it back. It's just because I moved and there was just no way I was going to be able to edit videos. And I just knew like God was telling me like, I need to do March into Faith this year. But I just knew that with the timing of how things happened, I couldn't do it. And I was just like, I'm not going to not do it. So I'm just gonna have to do it a different way. And this worked out for me, but I do plan on doing it in the future. You have a smooth voice. I love it. <laughs> Thank you. I know this is off topic. Tips on managing time. 
That's not off topic. That is right on topic, Queen Brianna. Tips to managing time, setting alarms, planning out your days, like having a to-do list that's like the top three things that you want to get done today and then putting a star next to like the one thing you absolutely need to get done that day and being strict with yourself about the time. So if you are doing something, like for example, when I was doing my dissertation, when I was doing my PhD, it was difficult for me to force myself to just write for hours and hours. And what I would have to do is set a time for writing and then put my phone on airplane mode. So no one could contact me and I couldn't do anything on my phone. And I needed that level of discipline to not look at my phone. And I had to take myself out of my house, go to the library, be somewhere where I was forced to do whatever it was I need to do. But if you're doing multiple things, setting alarms and not allowing people to distract you because the enemy's number one trick is distracting you and getting people to waste your time, getting sucked into conversations and arguments and things of that nature. That's The, the, the devil will do that to get you to not meet your goal. So you have to kind of start learning how you end up not getting things done, what's going on. Another confirmation, fasting to wake up is my answer. I have been trying to wake up earlier for the longest time. It clicked. You Fasting will break those spiritual bonds. They will. They will break the bonds. And interestingly enough, to be honest, when the Holy Spirit wakes me up now, even at 3 a.m., even if I've only slept for three hours, I'm not tired. That's one thing I noticed, that if I go back to sleep, it is a deliberate choice because I'm actually not tired. God can do anything. Will you cover the other anointing books? I'm not sure. I don't know. I would have to read them first and see if it resonates with me and this channel. So I might. Have you read any of the other anointing books? Because the author has, I believe, the Anna anointing and the Hannah anointing. I could be wrong. But there's two other books that are like this about women in the Bible. But I have not read them. Direct light is a good alarm clock. God brings you sleep and he wakes you up. He designed the sun for us too. That's true. Direct light. If you have direct light, that will get you up. But when you are dedicated to doing what you want to do, you can sleep through an earthquake and you can sleep through direct light. You have to decide that you are not going to sleep. When God has given you a word about a particular situation and you have mentors around you that mean well, that speak into your situation, how do you respond to them with love? Like if you're saying if it goes against what you believe to be true. Well, I would say, well, you know, Thank you for telling me that. Thank you for giving me that information. That's something that I'm going to pray about. I'm going to take it to God and I'm going to see what he says about it. To me, that sounds very respectful. You're being humble. You are being grateful and you're doing the right thing. You're going to take that information and you're going to present it to God and say, is this what you want me to do? Okay. Um, that's really important for you to say and do. But always say thank you because no one has to do that. But you do always have to have a discerning spirit. Even with mentors, you have to have a discerning spirit and just be able to see if this is a spirit that is leading you towards the right thing or um, towards the wrong thing. Any favorite Christian books that you recommend? I have a number of them, but I'll maybe next the next slide I'll present my books because I'm literally doing this on a box, like a cardboard box. I'm not... <laughs> I have boxes everywhere. I'm not done unpacking. I don't have my books out yet. I will present some books. But yes, there are some on my Instagram page. The Fruit of the Spirit is wonderful. Kingdom Woman by Dr. Tony Evans is wonderful. The Disciplines of a Godly Woman is wonderful. I've been fasting from 6 a.m. to 6 p.m. since last week for seven days straight. I loved your words tonight. Confirmation for me. 
That's amazing. I hope that you got whatever it is that you needed out of your fast. Fasting is so important and God always, 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 always answers your question when you fast. How old am I? I'm 33. This is my Jesus year, baby. 33. I'm 33. Yes, if you have a question, fasting is the best way to get an answer. That's my favorite thing to do when I fast, to ask God questions. Ask God questions and then show him you're serious and humble yourself and fast. He will answer your question. He will answer questions you didn't even ask him. Um, how to pursue calling when living with a toxic parent who wants you. Oh, the Deborah anointing. Thank you. It's the Deborah anointing and the Anna anointing. Thank you for saying that. Uh, let's see. How to pursue your calling when living with a toxic parent who wants me to cater to their every need and stops me from my purpose and destiny. Wow, that's really tough. I'm so, 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 so sorry. I, I am so sorry. Your relationship with God is going to be so important in terms of you praying and fasting about that. The Lord will break every spiritual bond and he will get you out of whatever situation or help you through it. And even though you're living with them, he can create an environment for you internally that you can deal with them in a different way. He can change their heart. He can allow, I mean, God is just incredible. God can do anything, literally anything. So start fasting and praying specifically about that. And just know that sometimes things take time. And so whatever you're doing and dealing with, it's important for you to go through in terms of how you get through it, because someone else is going to need that information. However you get through this situation with your toxic parent is going to impact whatever you do. And that's something someone else can benefit from. But Praying about it and finding ways to spend time away from them as much as you can, as much as you can. Being outside, doing doing something different and going internally, going into your mind. Prayer takes you away from the world and it brings you right in touch with God. And I love to be creative when I pray. So when I pray, I literally picture myself going to heaven and walking up to the throne and talking to the king. And, you know, he's my father, but he's also the king. And that helps me to exit this world when I pray and not feel like I'm just talking to a wall, but picture the entire process, picture God's face as I'm asking him for something, as I'm thanking him for something, picture myself dancing in front of him and just praising him, picture me. And every time I, every time I pray, I'm in a new dress. Every time, <laughs> every time I walk up to the throne I'm in, and I picture the dress I'm wearing as I'm walking up to God and, and praying to him. So I make it a full experience for myself because I know God now. I know him and it's no longer this scary relationship. And so I can fully put myself in his presence in my mind. And that takes you from the world. So try mentally escaping as much as you can, but through prayer. Can I make a video about how to be feminine in our parenting roles? I'm a mom of two boys, grew up without a feminine role model. I struggle with femininity and need encouragement. That's a really good one. I will, I would like to, I would like to make a video about that because it's very hard. Did you say you're a single parent or if you are a single parent, it's even more difficult because you have to be your masculine for the most part. And it's, it's really tough depending on what kind of children you have. Now, I did want to answer a question about having too many people involved in your relationship with God, because that's important. Spouses and ministers seem to always want to tell you what God says versus asking you what he said to you. So that's a really tricky one because if you're spending a lot of time with God and people are saying things that go against what God told you, that's gonna, that's going to be a problem because God will not tell someone else something without telling you first. 
So you do have to, again, that same kind of answer. Thank you for letting me know. You know, I'm going to pray about it. And I'm going to see what God says to me. Okay. And, but you have to also remember that the Lord will use your husband and your pastor to speak to you. Those are the people he primarily uses. Everyone else is pretty questionable, but he does speak to you through, especially your husband. So that is why it's so necessary for you to be equally yoked with your husband, because it's not even just about being equally yoked. He also, you have to also discern things because sometimes people use God to manipulate. Sometimes people are just, yeah, they're speaking out of their own anger, their own will, their own hurt. And that's a problem. But you will know by praying about it and pray for God to silence any voices that are not from him. You have authority in your prayer, but you need to ask God for whatever it is that you need. But just know that certain people God has placed to speak through and they do need to be considered. But if he hasn't told you something and they tell you something, then you need to take it to God and just say, okay, thank you so much for that. I really appreciate that. I'm going to pray about it. I'm going to see what God tells me because I'm accountable for my behavior. So I need to make sure that God also tells me what he told you. But thank you. And I appreciate that. Okay. And so... Hopefully that will help you. Can we start a book club? What would that look like? How do you know the messages from God if it lines up with what is in the Bible? If it lines up with the word and he can he can confirm it to you. You know, you will know when things are from God when you are praying and spending time with God. There's no shortcut around that, my love. You will not know when things are from God if you don't even know God. And there is a way to know God, to know his personality, to know the things that he says, to know who he speaks through. Especially if you're taking time to fast and pray, you'll know that was God answering my question. You'll be able to start having confirmations if you're spending time with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is a person. He is God. He is inside of you if you are born again and you're in the kingdom. And he is the one who helps you make decisions, helps you know when you didn't do something right or that he, he wanted you to listen to this person. He will convict your heart. He will speak to you. But if you don't talk to him, if you don't have a relationship with the Holy Spirit, then it will be hard for you to know. And you will always be guessing and confused. It is a personal relationship. I always say this. It is not about religion, Okay, Jesus Christ, the, the people that opposed Jesus the most were religious people. Jesus was not for the religious people. This is not about religion. This is about relationship. The Lord wants you to have a relationship with him, a real one. And you can have a real one. The Holy Spirit is just as more real to me than you are through the computer. He's more real to me than Joshua is. He is just as real to me as if he was sitting right next to me because that's how much I talk to him. Okay. I, it's, he's real <laughs> and he's a person and he has emotions and he has a will and you will not know any of this stuff if you don't start talking to him. But it is really the difference between you knowing and you not knowing. You have all the power in your hands and other people can manipulate you if you don't know. So I'd recommend you read the book, Good Morning, Holy Spirit. Welcome, Holy Spirit. I really enjoyed both of them. Welcome, Holy Spirit to me is fantastic. But Good Morning, Holy Spirit is like the beginning book to learning about the Holy Spirit. Because I, I don't think you realize how important the Holy Spirit is going to be in your walk with Christ. Did I ever fear submission? You know, submission to me was something I was definitely not here for. 
until I understood what marriage was designed for. And when I understood how God designed marriage, what he wanted marriage to entail, submission became necessary because I love God so much that I want him happy. Even if I am pissed off, okay, if I'm married and I'm pissed off at my husband and I don't want to make him breakfast because he done pissed me off, but I know that God says that you're supposed to do these things because you need to take care of him so that he can be the best man for you and the family. This is what he needs, his fuel for the day. You need to go ahead and do that. If that's what he's asked me to do and I say, no, I'm not going to do it because I'm mad at him, then who am I really going against, my husband or God? And I love God way too much to boldly tell him no in his face because I don't feel like it. So whatever God's asked me to do, I don't have an opinion as to whether I think it's right or I think it's wrong because I am in no position to say I should or shouldn't do something he's asked me to do. So for me, submission is about obedience to God. If I make it about my husband, then I'm not going to do it. (laughs) And I'm just not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to want to do it. I'm I'm not going to do it. It's it's really designed for there to be covering, okay? God covering your husband and the family, your husband covering you. There's covering and there's a covenant in place. There's a divine order to things. And if you don't follow the divine order, you will have so many problems. To me, it, it wouldn't be worth the problems I would have with my husband for doing things my own way. Submission is important because God designed men and women to function in a certain way. And so if you decide, hey, I'm I'm from America. So when I go to London, I'm still going to drive on the side that I drive in in America because I feel like it. I feel like it. I'm going to drive the car from the opposite side that the wheel is on. And I'm going to drive it like this. And I'm just going to hope not to crash. It's nearly impossible and you probably will crash and it'll be so difficult and so unpleasant because the car was not designed for you to drive it on that side just because you feel like it, you're used to it. It's not the way it was designed. And so once I really learned how God designed men, women, and marriage, submission to me now is really just about being honorable in God's eyes and being the woman that he created me to be with to be with the man he created me to be with for the function of the way the marriage is supposed to enhance the kingdom. Okay, so that's a long answer, but I'm very passionate about that because if you do it by your own your own will, you're not going to want to do it because the enemy hates marriage. The devil's going to try to ruin everything about your marriage just because you're not being obedient to the submission part because the world has turned submitting in marriage to something very disturbing because that's what the world does to everything. (laughs) So it's like, who are you going to listen to? Your father, the creator, the king, or, you know, TMZ. I'm going to be doing lots of videos on marriage. That's actually my next, um, that's actually what God has called me to talk about. So I'm going to be talking a lot about marriage. That was one of those things, like, for me personally, I was like, I don't want to talk about this. And he was like, oh, you're going to talk about it. So (laughs) I, I will be talking about it. Um, after we finish the book and I have one other video that's going to go up from Feminine Rehab and then yes, my content will be focused on marriage unless God pulls me in another direction. But if he does not, 
then that is what my content is going to actually be mostly focused on. So I hope that helps. I love you all so much. I thank each and every one of you for being here. I love you, ladies. You're so wonderful. And I just appreciate you taking time to spend with me because you could be doing so many other things, but you've been here. And I pray that every single one of you who has been here today is blessed and that the Holy Spirit enters your heart if you are willing and changes you helps you with every single thing that you are doing and the kingdom of God comes into your life, comes into your body, comes into your household and comes into your life. I love you all and I will see you the next video. Big kisses. Good night. Bye. Well, that's it, my loves. Thank you so much for being a part of this discussion today. For all of you who have purchased the book, The Esther Anointing, I hope that it's been blessing you. And I hope that this chapter has helped to push you towards wanting to know God's plan for your life. All you need to do is seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all of these things shall be added unto you. For those of you who believe that you can't be used by God because you've messed up so much, you've done so many things in your past that you're afraid will haunt you in your future, this is a reason why Jesus came and he will set you free. All you have to do is ask Jesus to become real to you. Ask him to step into your heart and he will do it. He will wipe your past away and he will open your eyes. You will become born again, get a new spirit, and be awakened to your destiny. All the things that the Lord has prepared for you before you were ever born will be waiting for you with an anointing from the Holy Spirit to carry it out. And I'm so excited for you to learn what this is for your life. If you would like to watch the video from this particular segment, then visit my YouTube channel, Dr. Michelle Daff, and you can watch all of this play out in real time. And you can follow me on my Instagram page at a feminine impression and my personal page at Dr. Michelle Daff. I hope that you all have a blessed week. Until next time, my loves. This is your host, Dr. Michelle Daff, and in all things you do, make a feminine impression. Bye-bye.